Okay, question for everybody. Is Deion Sanders the Donald Trump of the sports world? Because all signs point to yes. The GOAT John Brady puts one of Coach's Prime's players in check, and we finally have answers about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift almost getting their names confused. They're already they're already that much tied together. Guys, we have so much to talk about. Outkick the morning starts right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome on into Outkick the Morning. I am your host, Charlie Arnold. Heroes, cultural icons, self-made men, however you want to spin it, the similarities are striking, leading me to the conclusion that Deion Sanders is the Donald Trump of football. Hear me out. One, they are both ultra-polarizing, but in the best way. You either love them or you hate them, but no matter the case, you can't keep their name out of your mouth or off of your TVs, and the ratings are clear evidence of that. As soon as Trump left office, CNN was in shambles, losing 50% of their target demo. And the left-leaning media can cry and whine all they want. Trump is a racist, homophobe, the worst human being on the planet, blah, blah, blah. None of which are true, by the way. But what the media can't dispute is that Trump is an absolute moneymaker. And they secretly miss him covering, uh, they miss covering him because, turns out, he was the only reason that people were actually watching CNN. And you could also say the same thing about Deion Sanders, who just could be the best thing that has happened to college football. The Colorado versus Colorado State game drew in a massive audience, 9.3 million viewers, which gave obviously a major boost to ESPN's abysmal ratings. Now, both of our guys doing their parts to salvage these media sinking ships. Moving me on to my second point, Trump and Dion both know how to have a viral moment and aren't afraid to stand up to the fake news media. I told you, CNN is fake news. Don't talk to me. Okay, next question. Oh, no, no, no. I ran through that bull junk you wrote. I ran through that. I sifted through all that. Yeah. Oh, no. Come on. Do you believe? You don't believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. Next question. You gotta love it. They both have conviction. They will not back down and aren't afraid to shake off the haters however it needs to be done. Point number three, their merch. Uh, whether it's the signature red MAGA hats or even now the mugshot merch for Trump or on the other side, the sunglasses for Deion Sanders, all of it is clearly iconic and solid proof of just how popular Dion and Trump really are among their fan bases. In 2016, the MAGA hat raked in $80,000 per day, and more recently, Trump's mugshot helped his campaign to pull in $7 million. The numbers do not lie. You look at the other side, Dion's prime effect. It is rubbing off on the fashion world with his classic shades, raking in over $1.2 million for the first day of sales. Number four, the businessmen know how to capitalize on a trademark. Just this past Monday, Coach Prime submitted official trademarks for four different things. Coach Prime, Prime Effect, Daddy Buck, and it's personal. Meanwhile, Trump has the lock on several of his own trademarks. MAGA, Mar-a-Lago, Trump Tower, and DJT. Now, here's the thing. As many similarities and comparisons as I want to draw to these two huge forces of nature, I don't necessarily know if I see them teaming up anytime soon. But I think they should probably consider 
some type of a partnership because I think it could be beautiful for both of them. Obviously, Trump would bring a whole new wave of fans to the Boulder, Colorado program, a very liberal landscape as we know it. And Dion could bring a new wave of voters to Trump. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it should certainly be considered. Okay, now, if the GOAT talks, and by GOAT, I'm talking about Tom Brady, you absolutely should listen. He had some sage advice for Deion Sanders' son, Shador, who, by the way, has been playing like an absolute beast this season. But still, sometimes you need to be checked by your elders, especially the ones you respect. And who does not respect Tom Brady? Anyways, Daddy Dion and Shador joined Brady's Let's Go podcast. And when Brady found out Shador had bought a Rolls Royce, number 12 said this, quote, I think he needs to get his ass in the film room and spend as much time in there as possible. Less time in the car, more time in the film room. Now, Shador, obviously, and obviously then he had to push back. He said, well, Tom, you know, you also have a Rolls Royce, to which Tom said, uh, yeah, but I also had a few bucks in my pocket at that point, which is true. I mean, you think about it, TB12, he made more than $500 million over the course of his career, and that's just from his NFL salary alone. Uh, and then you look at Shador Sanders, who, by the way, he's only 21 years old, so no knock on him. He's already worth 2 to $3 million because of the NIL partnerships that he's able to obtain. Uh, and, and honestly, holy crap, 2 to $3 million at 21 years old. Can you even imagine... Being in college and having that type of money at your disposal, not to mention being in college and having those types of friends at your disposal. What would you even be doing? I mean, what do kids in Boulder, Colorado do with two to three million dollars? I feel like that's probably not like the most expensive place to live, right? I mean, if you're in New York City or out on the West Coast, maybe that's another thing out in L.A., but it's very exciting for these kids. I have a feeling that they are completely balling out at another level. And I wish that I also got to experience that same type of thing when I was in college. But you know what? Dreams can still come true. Now, on the topic of money, as we know, Russell Brand is the latest victim of cancel culture. Being accused of rape and also sexual misconduct by four different women between the years 2006 and 2013. Now, in his case, the concept of innocent until proven guilty is not being upheld. And now another dangerous precedent is being set with YouTube demonetizing brand over crimes he has not yet been convicted of. The platform justified the move by putting out this statement, which read, quote, we have suspended monetization on Russell Brand's channel for violating our creator responsibility policy. If a creator's off-platform behavior harms our users, employees, or ecosystem, we take action to protect the community. So when did YouTube become the moral police? I already do not agree with YouTube's policy to censor, deplatform, and demonetize users for content that goes against their liberal beliefs when it takes place on the platform. But to now take it a step further and punish a user for their actions or words off the platform is flat-out excessive and also highly dangerous. Until Brand is proven guilty, YouTube really has no right to strip him of his ability to make money. I am no lawyer, but I can only imagine the legal action that will ensue if Brand is deemed innocent, and now YouTube becomes yet another party responsible for damage to his reputation, along with likely owing him the money that he lost while he wasn't able to earn during this period of time. Also, it must be said, at what point does this end? Because I have to imagine the majority of users on YouTube have done something or said something in their lives that is harmful to other YouTube users, employees of YouTube, or the YouTube ecosystem. You can't just cherry pick when it's convenient to your agenda. 
Okay, now moving on. Uh, it's Jerry's world, and what Jerry wants, Jerry gets. Well, except for a Super Bowl ring, because we all know that has not happened since 1996. But Wiley pushes for this year to belong to Big D, and they are off to a hot start at 2-0. Jones was seen mingling Sunday during the game in his box with FIFA's President Gianni Infantino. So, hmm, what could they possibly be talking about? Oh, uh, maybe making Jerry's world the site of the 2026 FIFA World Cup? because that is already a rumor that's making its rounds as of this moment. Also conveniently there in that same box at the very same time as the FIFA president, Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Coincidence? Mm, I don't think so. Uh, now, LA and New York City also in consideration for the 2026 tournament, but seeing how these two coastal cities are already turning into absolute dumpster fires, I think Dallas probably is the safer cleaner, and much more sane bet to host our international friends. And you better believe if Jerry has anything to do with it, there will be absolutely no kneeling on that field. That is for sure. And on that note, with all the winning going on in Texas right now, this is the perfect opportunity to introduce my guest, whom I had the pleasure of catching up with just yesterday. And speaking of Texas, joining me now, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who is celebrating a huge victory of his own right now. So Ken, acquitted on 16 articles of impeachment. What does this win mean for you and also for our country in general? Well, it means that I get to go back to work and do the things that I was elected to do. And I think that's obviously the right result. The people elected me. And a bunch of politicians shouldn't have the opportunity to take out an elected official unless there's been something seriously wrong that was investigated and that was done in public and not in secret and done with due process. And that never that did not happen. And so I'm looking forward to getting back to work. Uh, and we need you to get back to work. But you know, talking about the government being weaponized, weaponized to the extent that it is on a very regular basis, we'll say as well. I know you put on a brave face the entire time, but were you nervous? Like internally, were you feeling anxiety uh, that this political hit job to impeach you could possibly be successful? There's no doubt that I thought it could be successful, not because I thought we were wrong on the law. I knew that we were right on the law. I knew that the process had not been followed. And that's part of the reason I was so nervous, because I knew that they weren't following the law, I knew that the House had failed to every law out there, whether it was related to sworn testimony, whether it was related to the prior election doctrine, whether voters are supposed to decide or whether it was just describing the elements of a violation of law, they didn't do it right. They didn't do anything right. And so when you start seeing a process that's not fair, that isn't related to Texas law, then you start becoming suspicious that this is really just a political hit job. And that's exactly what Dade Phelan and the Speaker, the Speaker of the House, Texas Speaker, that's what he was trying to pull off. Were those close to you? I mean, what kind of reassurance were they giving you during this entire process? Did they feel confident that justice would? eventually err on your end? Or was there the impression that we have no idea what direction this is ultimately going to go in? I think if we'd known the law was going to be followed, the law was the primary driver here that we could be, I mean, the idea here is law either is a sword or a shield, right? If you've really done something wrong, it becomes a sword. But if you haven't done anything wrong, it's, it's, a, it's a shield. And when the law gets pushed aside, like the house did, and leaves you in a vulnerable position where suddenly the law is not relevant, then you realize it's, it's politicians making decisions that are based on their personal benefit and what makes them look good. 
And we are seeing that a lot right now mm-hmm. in this country, not just in your case, uh, but there's one person who we all know and we love because he acts in a way that is quite the opposite, that of course being President Trump. And you actually got one of the biggest commendations straight from him. He posted congratulations to the great people of Texas and the state Senate for rejecting political persecution and respecting the integrity of our elections. Now, Attorney General Ken Paxton can get back to work. He is one of the best. What did this praise mean for you? You know, it means a lot. I have a lot of respect for him for the very reason you're talking about. He's one of those people, one of the rare breed that actually goes out and actually tries to benefit the American people instead of himself. He's not there to be a politician. He's not there to, to, to take care of his own personal benefit. He's there to serve the people of America. And I truly appreciate that because I've watched him do it. I've watched, I've watched it up close and personal. I've watched it from a distance. And the thing that I love about him is that I think more than maybe any president I've ever seen, he cares about the American people. And I have a lot of respect for that. I certainly appreciate it. Well, I would say the writing is on the wall. I mean, the polls are speaking for themselves right now. So, you know, hopefully if if all goes to plan, if all goes the way of democracy, President Trump should be serving another term in our office. And so to which I ask you, could you see yourself ending up in Trump's White House? Look, I, nothing's off the table for me. Uh, I, I love doing what I'm doing right now. I don't necessarily have any plans to, 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 to go to Washington to, to do that, but I have a lot of respect for him. And so certainly if he asked me to do something in in his administration, I'd certainly look at it, examine it and figure out if it's the right thing for my family, if the right thing to do for for the country. Yeah. And you have a lot to focus on right now in the state of Texas. Now that justice has been served, do you feel an extra level of motivation to steer this country in the right direction? And in doing so, expose the politicians who we all know have just proved themselves to be nothing but talk. Uh, a.k.a. the George Bushes of the world, the Carl Rose of the world, those establishment types. Absolutely. not. They're not just talk, but they're actually harming our country. They're harming democracy. They're har- harming the opportunity to preserve this democracy and this constitutional government. So they're not just talking. They're actually weaponizing government and they're doing their best to, to create harm and to, to go against the will of the voters because they don't like people like me and Donald Trump. So, yes, I'm very motivated now that I'm back. I have four months that I lost that I have to catch up to, and I feel an obligation. The voters put me here. They knew the accusations. They voted for me overwhelmingly. And the fact that the politicians could sideline me for four months is disturbing, and yet I'm not going to let them win. No, and you're right. You do have a lot of catching up to do. And I know even up until this point when you were able to do your job at the pace that you like to get things done at, you had a lot of different policy priorities. So what would you say right now at this moment is the most pressing thing for you to get done? Uh, well, obviously, the Biden administration is seeking to take away this constitutional form of government where they make decisions for us. The elected representatives don't do it. The states don't do it. They don't recognize the, the, the three branches of government having equal power, the states having power. And so I think that's a big part of my job is to push back on the Biden administration whether it relates to immigration, whether related to vaccine mandates, whatever it is. And of course, we also have battles with large corporations like some of the big tech companies and the big pharma companies we're investigating now for potentially not being truthful about the vaccine and the harm that it might have caused. So we have a lot to do to protect our, our people in Texas, but I think that benefits the entire country. Yeah. And just talking about immigration in Texas, it's just we see we're seeing more and more of the videos in the photos and 
the disaster that it's causing this country to undergo. And I know that Texas is feeling the burden just as much, if not more so, than other states in, in our nation. Uh, do you think that Republicans are going to do anything about this? Because they keep talking about it. They know how big of an issue it is, but no one seems to want to get anything done, actually. Well, it's frustrating because I don't see a lot of our, even our Republican representatives in Washington. That's where the responsibility for federal, for immigration lies. You've got an administration and very few Republicans speaking out. Fortunately, one of our senators, Ted Cruz, does speak out. But, you know, our other senator has failed to do that. And I don't I don't, I don't remember him ever speaking out in a major way on this or do anything about it. So it's time for Republicans to step up and start doing more and talking, maybe talking more even, but at least following up with action instead of just talking. Uh, well, we know that there is a group who is working very hard in the state of Texas right now. Uh, I'm talking about the Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> we're not talking about any government officials at this very moment, uh, talking about football, because I know you're a lifelong fan. So once you were acquitted, I know you had a big celebration. Talk to me about the first thing that you did. So the next day, obviously Saturday was acquittal, Sunday was the game. Uh, we went to church Sunday morning, and then we went straight from church to the Cowboy game. It was a very enjoyable way to spend you know, a, a free day after going through four months of what those people tried to put me through. And it was just, it was really fun because the Cowboys obviously played well, both on offense and defense. And uh, it was, it was just fun to just enjoy the moment. So was this a last second ticket purchase? Cause obviously you had a lot of other things that you needed to focus on up until the day before, or, or did you already have these tickets and you were just like, I'm going to go to the game. Uh, I'm, I'm praying for the best. How did that work out? No, I just had a friend that invited me at the last moment, realizing now I was free. Yeah. And uh, so Angela uh, joined a friend who had who already had tickets that he, he hadn't uh, given to anybody else or sold anybody else. So he at last minute just let us know. And we said, sure, we'd love to go. Incredible. Uh, and now something else people might not know about you is that you actually used to carry a jersey autographed by former Cowboys safety, three-time Super Bowl champ Bill Bates, and you ended up bringing him onto your campaign several years back. That's true. He was my campaign treasurer for, I think, 12 years, both House and Senate. And yes, I have an autographed jersey from Bill Bates. It's in my home. Uh, along with my office, in my office, I have uh, Randy White and uh, Roger Staubach. So I grew up watching all of them and, and, uh, and, and, and just grateful that I have their jerseys in my offices. Is there any type of like football club within the government in this country where you all just like get together, talk football, compare stories, discuss fandoms? No, but there should be. That sounds like a really good way to, to, to start a, a good club. Um, yeah, and I think actually um, we have. Oh my God, I, I barely saw, is that Bill? Yes. Yeah. Guys, hey, how about Bill? this reunion? This is great. Hey, Bill, great <laughs> to see you. It is great to see you. <laughs> well, hey, I really appreciate all you did to help me run for office those 12 years and serving as my treasurer, and it's really great to see you. Oh, I appreciate it. That's, that's nice to say. Well, yeah, it's true. And how proud of you, how proud are you of Ken uh, for being acquitted, mm -hmm. uh, standing up for what he believed in, and now having the platform to steer our country in the direction we oh so need? Oh, it's, it's so high. It's so high. Um, okay, guys. Well, I have one last question before you, before I let you go. I ha I'll have to break up this reunion, unfortunately. Uh, 
sooner <laughs> than I would like. Uh, but what are your expectations for the Cowboys this season? <laughs> Win. <laughs> Win. <laughs> so this defense looks like the best defense in the NFL right now. Uh, and the offense seems like it's starting to really click with, uh, with Dak back. Uh, and I'm really actually very encouraged. I think at least 12 wins this season, maybe 13. Ooh, okay. That's a nice prediction. Uh, well, gentlemen, mm -hmm. I am so thankful to have had the opportunity to speak with you. Bill, thank you for thank coming you. on on such short notice um, for this little surprise that yeah. we have for, for Ken. And um, Attorney General, I am so thankful to have spoken with you. I am so excited for you. And uh, just like the Cowboys, I expect you to be rolling on all cylinders uh, from this day forward. So thank you so much. Hey, thank oh, you. Thank you. That's sweet. Thank you. Outkick the Morning will be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Who doesn't love a little reunion, an unexpected reunion? It's always fun to bring old friends uh, back together. So that was a cool opportunity for me. So thank you to both of them for joining me here on Outkick the Morning. Uh, now moving on to something that is pretty troublesome. Uh, you know the world is in trouble when a jury can't reach a guilty verdict on this. So this is surveillance video. And as you can see, it caught a clear criminal attacking a 68-year-old jewelry store owner, this was in Wilmington, Delaware, stomping on him, hitting him at least a dozen times, twice with a hammer, and then proceeding to go behind the counter and loot the place. But a Wilmington, Delaware jury somehow couldn't reach a verdict. After two days of deliberations, a mistrial was declared, and prosecutors now plan to retry the case. And I just don't understand how do you not reach a guilty verdict on this? It's clear this guy deserves to be locked away for a long time. How, how does a jury not see that? How is there any type of discussion surrounding this? The evidence is laid out right in front of you. But clearly, this is another example of a liberal agenda clouding the standards of society today. And I have to imagine if one detail of this criminal was different, the verdict probably would have been straight away deemed to be guilty. Uh, now, despite only four receptions for 26 yards this season, Travis Kelsey, interesting. He's being talked about just as much as any other superstar NFL player, but we all know why. That's what happens when you are dating Taylor Swift. Yeah, apparently the cat is out of the bag, according to Kelsey's brother, Jason. Listen to what he had to say. Tony kind of blindsided me with that question on Thursday night. And I, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 it's hard to answer because I don't really know a lot about what's happening in Travis's love life. And I try to like keep, uh, you know, you know, his business kind of his business sure. and, and stay out of that world, uh, you know, but having said that, man, I, 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 I think he's doing great. And I think it's all hundred percent true. And I hope that this soon goes a mile down, Joe. Good for them, Jason. Good, good for them, man. That's, that's excellent. Okay. So a, this is probably not only exciting for Travis Kelsey, but the brother, Jason Kelsey, you know, he's going to reap some of these benefits as well. I mean, there's probably a lot of perks when your brother is dating Taylor Swift, but I said it before, I'm going to say it again. I do not personally see the longevity between these two. I feel like Kelsey is the definition of the ultimate bro and his masculinity is just going to be too much for Taylor. Though, it must be put on the record that he did say following his last breakup that he wanted to find someone with a kind heart and 
listen, I don't know Taylor Swift all that well, but from what I do know from studying her from afar, she does seem like a pretty good person. And also he said he wants someone who is low maintenance. I have no clue how Taylor Swift is in that department, but I do know from being a woman that that's like such an easy front to put on. Like even if you were the most high maintenance of people, which you know, not not to say that I am, but but I am. Uh, you can always very easily act like you are much more low maintenance, especially in the beginning. And then, you know, you, they eventually just fall in love with you to the point where they don't really care if you're a little bit more high maintenance. <laughs> uh, but there's a few different theories that I need to share also here. Uh, one is that I was just reading online that this is still very casual. Like this isn't anything serious yet. So there's still time to test the waters see how this fits, feel it out. Uh, two, one of my producers just told me that she thinks that this is going to actually end up being something very serious because despite Taylor Swift saying that right now she's in her fun girl era, that my producer thinks she's actually looking for something much more serious. And she thinks Travis Kelsey could be the answer to all this. I, I do not see it, but who knows? Uh, and then there's also Dave Portnoy, who I just saw chimed in on social media because you know he has a lot to say about this whole uh, situation that is transpiring between the two celebs, that he thinks Travis Kelsey is just using Taylor Swift to get more clout on his name, you know, especially being that he hasn't really done much this season as a player so far. I don't know. There's there's a lot to consider here. You know that this is something we're going to stay on top of here on Outkick the Morning and bring you all the details as they come in. But all I have to say is good luck to Travis, good luck to these two lovebirds in general, but it remains. However this transpires, I cannot wait to hear the next album. Now from the unexpected to even more unexpected, who would have ever dreamed Howard Stern would become so insanely woke? I mean, this is the radio shock jock who earned his reputation for being inappropriate and highly offensive towards all types of female guests, ranging from Anna Nicole Smith, Lisa Marie Presley, Mariah Carey, Sofia Vergara, Courtney Love, the list really goes on. Uh, but I specifically remember, this was a moment that stuck out in my memory, when he told Sofia Vergara, at this point she was only 19 years old, uh, that breastfeeding her son must have been unbelievable. I mean... <laughs> How much more offensive can you possibly get towards a woman, right? Uh, but if it was taboo, you would expect Howard Stern to talk about it, and that's why he culminated such a massive audience. But now here we are, 2023, and the Howard Stern from the 90s is no more. Now he is overtly liberal, brags about watching MSNBC, and the notorious germaphobe has gone to extreme lengths to isolate himself since the very start of COVID. He won't even return to his New York studio because of his fear of getting the virus. So what did Stern say to a critic who just recently called him woke? He said he takes it as a compliment. He said, I am woke mother effer and I love it. He continued on saying, quote, to me, the opposite of woke is being asleep. And if woke means I can't get behind Trump, which is what I think it means, or that I support people who want to be transgender or I'm for the vaccine, dude, Call me woke as much as you effing want. It's very interesting how someone can make such a severe and clear pivot, but man, if this can happen to Howard Stern, all I have to say is how the mighty have fallen. Uh, guys, I hope this doesn't happen to you, at least not before I get a hold of you tomorrow. Uh, it is Friday. We're going to wrap up this week on a high note, but I want to make sure none of you miss any of the action. So before you go, please... Hit that subscribe button. You will be notified when any show is coming on. 
so you don't miss anything. Also, please drop me a like, drop me a comment, and let me know what you want to see on future episodes. You know where to find me. I'm all over social media, at Charlie on TV. But until tomorrow, hope you all have a wonderful day, and we will see you then. Hey, looking for the hottest sportsbook offers at OutKick? Find exclusive promotions, expert bets, latest odds. Get in the game at OutKick.com backslash bets.